The following podcast is scheduled for one fall. From the heart of Broadway and historic downtown Cape Girardeau, this is Pro Wrestling Unscripted. Gentlemen, it's Wednesday, July 20th, 2022, and this is Pro Wrestling Inscripted here on the Podzilla T5. Was that too much? It, it felt like a little much. Let's try it. Let's try it again. Uh, this is Pro Wrestling Unscripted here on the Podzilla 1985 Network. Oh, can't do it. If you're going to peek it, you might as well do it on the brand name. That's can't just do good it. branding. That's My good name, marketing. I'm Shannon Young. I'm Mr. 100. I'm going to be your host. With me, of course, tonight. Uh, we've got the original co or cre- the original host. Uh, You'll get there. Of Pro Wrestling Unscripted. And the creator and star of the Inquest with Double H, which you can find a new episode on Mass Effect dropped this week on Podzilla1985.com. We're catching on Spotify, Apple, or via Smoke Signal. It's great. I feel, like, I feel like the only thing that I keep forgetting to promote when I mention the Inquest is you You don't have to be a fan of the thing I'm talking about to enjoy it. In fact, you might like it more. <laughs> That's how I was um, with I've Game of Thrones. A, I was going to say, I've talked to a couple of people who really enjoyed the Mass Effect episode, and I know they're big fans of it, but I've I've also... I try to, to, you know, the first episode, like you mentioned, was Game of Thrones. This one's about Mass Effect. I try to make it in such a way that even if you know nothing at all about these things, because the show might be about that, um, but it's really, you know, they, they've got their own themes. Game of Thrones is all about yeah. timing, and this one is all about uh, choice and media and then the ability to make choices. Yeah. And so whether you know a thing about Mass Effect, whether you're a huge super fan, celebrate in seven day every year, uh, or you know jack squat about it and don't even play video games i think same you can enjoy it so go go try it <laughs> go check it out i want to tell my mass effect story here on the air real quick yes so when i started working at gaming grounds in jackson mm-hmm. as manager had a group of people that worked under me and one of them i won't say his last name but his first name was john anyway I'd known these guys for about two weeks and I go home. They've got my phone number in case they need me. One day I get a text from John randomly. And when I open the text, it is a picture of an Asian man with long hair and the biggest penis you've ever seen. And under it is said mass erect three. And I thought I've known you for about a week and a half and you were sending me dudes with large dicks. We are. We are not on this level. I don't think we're on that level yet, but that is neither here nor there. <laughs> Tonight, we're here to talk about wrestling. Professional wrestling. That's the show. That's what I'm told. I got two cups of uh, of tea in me while I was waiting for you. I'm wired. I've been shadow boxing yeah. in the basement for about an hour, and I'm ready to He's rock been, uh, drinking coffee and taking no-dos for about six hours now. <laughs> well, all right, no, we're not going to do that. Oh. You, I, I tell you what made you think of that is because I used the phrase Jack Squat. <laughs> That's what you were thinking. You won't amount to Jack Squat. <laughs> Miss Chris Farley. Anyway, uh, we're going to start off the show as we do every week by stealing a gimmick from our sister show, The Nerdiest Part of the Ring, where Hunter, as you know, right. and as our listeners know, Asa and Dalton, good friends, they like to start off their show with the power of positivity. Something yes, they, do. they can put in the world that is great. We take the opposite approach here on Pro Wrestling Unscripted because we are the negative zone in professional wrestling. And this week, my least favorite thing in pro wrestling has to be NXT names. I'm tired of them. 
I'm tired of them. Are you telling me that you don't think Alba Fire is a great name? Fire spelled with a Y, for the record. You know, Alba Fire was one. As irritating as it is, I don't hate Alba Fire it's because it's not terrible. At least, at least it sounds cool. It's like Axiom. Yeah. We'll, be, we'll be talking about Axiom here in a little bit. Don't you worry oh, about that. Oh boy! But t- today or this week, uh, it was on the July 19th show last night. They revealed <laughs> so the grizzled young veterans have been under the hoods of the dyad with uh, Joe Gacy, and. Yeah. They, everyone knew it was them. You could kind of tell uh, because you've seen under the mask and people were guessing. Well, they revealed that it is definitely them, but they're not the Grizzled Young Veterans anymore. They're no longer Zach Gibson and James Drake. Do you know what their new names are? I don't, but I, I'm going to hate it. I'm I, certain. I, I hate the first one, and the second one makes me want to die. The first one is Jagger Reed. <laughs> Let that sink in for a second. I would rather it didn't. I would like to remove it from from the, the wound in which you have placed in me with it. Jagger Why? Reed. And the other Jagger one. Jagger Reed. And the other one. This is my favorite one. I don't know. I don't know, man. It's, oh my God. Rip Fowler. <laughs> oh, so I don't know what I hate more. The idea that these guys have these names right now and they used to have just totally normal, reasonable names might yeah. even be their real names. Yeah. In fact, it probably is. I don't know off the top of my head. Or the fact that when they get called up, inevitably, they're going to be renamed Jagger and Rip. Rip. <laughs> they're just going to cut those last names off. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe NXT's version of combating every time somebody of theirs gets sent to the main roster and loses half their name is just to give them two terrible names, and so there's no good choice. Yeah, I don't get it, man. It's not just them either. There's also, you know, Braun Breaker. I forgive it because of, you know, the legacy and all that, but Braun Breaker is a stupid name. Yes. Uh, Brooklyn Barlow, Brutus Creed, Bryson Montana... Uh, I'm just looking down a list of, of guys. Here's Cruz del Toro. Ah, that was not so bad. That um, one's not too bad. Yeah. Electra Lopez. Ah, that's kind of cool. Elton Prince. Okay. One of the pretty deadlies, I think. Yeah. It's Gigi. All right. So take one like, uh, uh, what was her name before Gigi Dolan? Um, oh God. It's going to oh, crazy. Oh man. I don't remember. Cause all I can think of is, um, uh, uh, Ruby Riot's previous. Cause Ruby Riot was the one who went by Heidi Lovelace, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and this uh oh Jesus. I you know what's crazy about this of I should know this because I, a lot of people know this. So, true story, when when they came here for CCW a couple years ago, it was her under her original name which I'm looking up now and Darby Allen and Sammy Guevara. Uh I was dating yeah. I was dating a girl and the girl we were hanging out at the convention and we see her and I'm like, "Oh, you know, those are the AEW guys." And she saw the girl, Priscilla Kelly, is who it is. And she, oh, okay, yeah. and she goes like, is that Priscilla Kelly? And I'm like, you don't know anything about wrestling. How the hell do you know that's Priscilla <laughs> Kelly? Well, because she was on a show about gypsies. And uh, my ex-girlfriend had watched that show. Yeah, so she knew who yeah. Priscilla Kelly was before she ever came in. You got a great name like Priscilla Kelly, and she has that look and that demeanor. And even though she's killing it, as is, is all of Toxic Attraction, you give her the name Gigi Dolan, or Diolan, or however you say it. Um, Dolan, if Ty- I remember correctly. Ty Valkyrie, which is a badass name. I'm, I'm trying to remember what hers got renamed to. Do you remember what it was? I don't, because it was so quick. I mean, it came and went so fast. It was. I'm looking it up because it was probably my least favorite one. It was absolutely it was a bad ridiculous. One. Yeah, 
Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to look it up. But until then. <laughs> We're just going to keep saying things. Just keep saying names. As well, I'm and that all came at the same up. time. That Frankie Monet. Frankie yeah, Monet. Frankie Monet. From Taya Valkyrie. Defa- yeah, so I guess they're yep. just... I imagine it's much like the weed industry. They just have a list of names on a board. They throw darts and see what sticks. Like they do with strains. Uh, I just, I hate it, man. You know, I, I get that wrestling has always had ridiculous names. You know, the Macho Man, Randy Savage, Hulk Hogan, Jake the Snake Roberts, and all that stuff. But at least maybe but it's a, all of those were okay. With the benefit of hindsight, sure, of course, they're iconic. But even those roll off the tongue. Yeah. And they tell you a little bit about the person that you're dealing right. with. And, and if I mean, you, it's all, it makes sense. You meet a dude named Hulk Hogan, you know he's going to be a big, dangerous brute. Right. But if I meet, you know, Rip Fowler, <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. That one, that one bothers me, especially because I went to high school with a family with the last name Fowler. Like there were multiple kids in the family with the last name Fowler and they're the least intimidating people. I mean, no offense to them, obviously, but like <laughs> they're the least intimidating people I've ever met in my life. So when you tell me this wrestler's name is Rip Fowler, Rip Fowler. The WWE is. The, I, I want to look at WWE and hit him with the. You've lost your goddamn mind. <laughs> I've, you know, Dolph Ziggler uh, well, was one thing, but Rip Fowler. Oh. Even even Dolph Ziggler managed to make it work. As goofy as that is, he managed to make it work. But there's only so much you can overcome, man. Yeah. There's just only so much you can overcome, and these these are not names. I mean, all right. Here, here's my here's my philosophy when you're naming characters like this. Every single person, and th- to me, this is this holds true for wrestling in general. Every single person on your roster, you need to run their name right alongside blank world champion. Yeah, WWE champion Rip Fowler, The Rock. You know who, like, like Hulk Hogan, <laughs> you know Macho Man, like you said. All of that stuff makes sense, but yeah, W in NXT champion Rip Fowler. Yeah, really. And, is that who's going to be? It, even if they're tag team specialists, even if you don't think they're going to ascend to that level, like Rip Fowler and do Jagger you want to put that Reed. name on a press release? Yeah. yeah. Do you want to put that name on a meet these NXT superstars here today sign? It, it's it's no. a, a weird thing. The the names and the renaming in WWE. You know, Walter to Gunther makes no sense. A kids axiom losing all the names. I don't know what it is with these guys and names. They can't. They can't get right. That's what I'm irritated by this week. The moment I saw Rip Fowler, I was like, I don't even like the Grizzled Young Veterans very much. They're fine. They're great wrestlers, but I feel sure. bad for them. Rip Fowler. That's, that's pretty bad. You suck. That is pretty bad. All right. <laughs> this this has been your uh, Ukrainian kid moment of the week. Oh my god. You suck. <laughs> Even the Ukraine kid, as shitty as it is, the name makes more sense than Rip Fowler. Oh, man. The Ukraine uh, kid, Jesus Christ. If I never have to... You oh, There are some things I want out of my brain, and and Ukraine kid versus Norman Meklikov with Mr. Mag at ringside is one of them. I don't. I want the audio of that kid going, you suck, to stick with me for the rest of my life. <laughs> and then the jaunty tune after. <laughs> all right that's, uh, that's me i i feel like i'm this might be a cheat code because i want to say i talked about this not that long ago or maybe I, I i was going to and then i let it go but i mentioned let before the show that wwe is promoting that oh careful disney uh <laughs> WWE is promoting that we're coming up on the hashtag month of mysterio because of course it's a hashtag wwe uh celebrating ray mysterio wrestling for 20 years 
um, with them. Let's not act like it's 20 years of Rey Mysterio. It's 20 years with them. He started. No, he started in WWE. Fresh <laughs> fresh off the plane. Before that, he was uh, wrestling in the heralded parts unknown. Yeah. Um, so I, I really hate celebrating like arbitrary deadlines of things. I don't know. It, it's, it's really nebulous, and I'm not like super mad about it. But we just came off of like Cena month. Yeah, well, you got it another like one coming up. Years. Goldberg. Uh, Goldberg's uh, is coming up uh, right after Mysterio's, yeah. Well, this is, this is the other thing, okay? I don't necessarily hate Mysterio's as much, at least because he is still he's legendary. actively yeah. impressing. He's still, yeah. And he's still doing stuff. John Cena is so in and out. I mean, it's, it's very clear John Cena is part-time at best with WWE these days. Goldberg, even more so than him, maybe, to a certain degree. Well, but they're never there. Like, dude, what, what, are we, what are we celebrating? What are they going to do? The fucking like, irony. Ignoring the fact that we talked about it last time, that this is just a cheap attempt by WWE to get ratings and go, hey, remember how good things yes. used to be? The, yeah. the fucking irony of John Cena... Being such a part-time wrestler, when he went so hard on The Rock for doing oh, the exact yeah. same thing, and he said, "I and will never leave," and literally the exact same thing, because it wasn't just him going, "Oh, I'll never leave to go do other things." It was, "I'll never leave to go to Hollywood yep. and make movies yep. and be a big star." Meanwhile, cast John Cena coming up in season two of Peacekeeper, yeah. Peacemaker, yeah, uh, on, <laughs> HBO Max, on HBO yeah. Max. Yeah, I th- that's yeah. I, I'm surprised more people haven't called that out of that John Cena. What's, that was the the basis of his entire argument of a legitimate beef he had. Of the Rock left, they did movies. I'll never do that. I'll never leave you guys. And the moment they were like, "Hey, do you think you could play Bumblebee?" He was like, "Well, he wasn't Bumblebee. We'll just for argument's sake." He was like, "Yeah, I could be Bumblebee." He was Bumblebee, wasn't he? I no, no, he he was. he was the general that was out to get Bumblebee, and then he turned uh, good because he used to be a Marine, he was or he was boys, in the Marine yeah. or something. I don't know. He was in the Marine. He Randy was in the Orton Marine. was an actual Marine, if I remember correctly. Well, don't say don't uh, say it's went, Sergeant Slaughter. <laughs> Sergeant Slaughter. No one knows what the fuck. He was a GI Joe. That's all that matters. But yeah, I get uh, it. These arbitrary the fucking of, of of anniversaries that mean nothing. Yeah, they did them. They did them with Austin. They really started doing it around the time of like Austin and The Rock being out of there for a while, and then they would come back and oh, it's a big celebrated moment and the more i talk about this the more i definitely remember talking about this on a previous show with the cena one but the the mysterio one coming up i don't want to say it bothers me more because again at least he's around and they can do something but but like what are they gonna do you know have a cake for him backstage i don't (laughs) oh i swear to fucking god if there's a pinata i'm out if they give if they have a pinata and he can't reach it because he's so small i'm out this is another time where I need you to have watched The Office because they're celebrating Oscar's Mexican heritage, and Michael says, "Oh, get some, you know, Mexican stuff for the party." So you see Ryan with a bottle of lemonade from the vending machine and a sharpie, and he just puts a tilde over the end, so it says "lemonade." Lemonade day, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, then he puts a, a, an accent on the e at the end. I remember that because it's "lemonade." <laughs> he's like, he just shrugs at the camera, like, mm, "All right." <laughs> Yeah, no, I, uh, man, I already, so I don't know why why it pushed it out to me, but I saw um, the clip from Raw with the Judgment Day and Dominic and Ray and all of that. Um, it's going to be hard to celebrate Ray Mysterio when he's currently just bumming around these, like, pseudo tag team division with his son, neither one of them doing all that well, <laughs> like... It'd be one thing if they were really pushing him, but let's look back at Ray Mysterio's career. Is he a legendary performer? Absolutely. But does he really have much in WWE to look at? 
because he has that great moment where he won the the world heavyweight title uh, against Orton and, and Angle at WrestleMania, yeah. and that was twenty two, three. I don't remember. Um, and then that was legitimately one of the worst worst world title runs. And, like in modern history. It was and, awful. He and, lost almost every match he was in. Yeah, because part of the only reason he won that title was because Eddie died. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the whole thing was yeah. an Eddie nostalgia trip. Right. And obviously, Eddie's not there to do anything about it. We, so, Oh, and then even the build-up to that was with Horton <coughs> pulling the, you know, Eddie's burning in hell yeah. thing. I, I was actually at a, uh. I was at a Raw in St. Louis. Either Raw or SmackDown. I forget which one it was. But Lindsay and I were at a Raw or SmackDown in St. Louis. And it's the only time I've ever been to a show like that, other than pay-per-views. And I still remember, um, there's one time I ever got a chance started at a WWE show, and I'll never forget it. it. I think it was JBL. He was talking to Ray, and he said, you know, yeah, you're, you're a really great champion. You're so good that they don't even chant your name. They chant Eddie's name. And I immediately started chanting Ray, and the crowd started chanting Ray, and I was so proud of myself. <laughs> but then it was quickly drowned out by the uh, Mysterio chants or something. So whatever. Mine was better. Anyway, <laughs> I did it better. Yeah, so yeah, I got you on that. I'm with you on that. Hey, speaking yep. speaking of um, Monday Night Raw, and I thought of something else that I hate. Uh-huh. WWE's bullshit pandering to the crowd of love us, ignore all the bad things. Oh, sending poor Titus yeah. O'Neil out there to—I forgot we talked about this because yeah. we talked about this long before. I mean, you know, a couple days ago when it actually happened. Yeah, um, embarrassing. That whole. It, I think the thing that bothered me the most about it, at, at the first, when it first happened, I'm watching the thing going, okay, why why is any of this happening? Oh, what is Titus oh. doing? What are they having him talk about? But it's Titus. I'm excited to see him. He's a good time, you know. But as the message starts getting out there, it becomes really clear that it's another one of those like, hey, no matter what happens, you know, we're all in this together. Uh, and I think the one that bothered me the most was when he, they, and you know they fed him this line, that whole thing about, you know, when we come here, we're not here to talk about, you know, current events or politics. Like, we're not all about that kind of thing. And I was like, oh, oh, come on, Titus. Don't do not do these things. Yeah. Don't break my heart like this. This is coming from the same company who created a stable to be what they envisioned Antifa to be. Yeah. Oh, and, and then dumped all over them. And like, if, on purpose. If if you want to, again, we talked about this, and I said, well, if someone could make the argument, well, they didn't say they were Antifa. If you want to dig deeper into WWE's history, let's go all the way back to uh, the Iraqi War when they had Sergeant Slaughter be an Iraqi sympathizer and literally made the angle about this you know, horrible war that was going on in the Middle East. Or let's talk about when Rusev and Lana were talking about uh, Russia shooting down the plane over in Ukraine. Uh, well, that led to things years down the road, didn't it? And they they actually had him come out the next week and say, basically, I'm sorry if you were offended by what we said. Yeah, yep. fuckers. Let's talk about JBL goose-stepping in Germany at a live event years ago and getting himself in trouble over that. Um, what about JBL talk- at the uh, border literally rounding up Mexicans and sending them back? Yeah. But this yeah. isn't a company that's going to get political with you. They're, they're not, not going to do that. This is not the company that put on a wrestling match with two random indie wrestlers dressed as uh, Donald Trump and Rosie O'Donnell. That didn't happen. Oh, shit, that's I forgot not about that. Thing. Well, don't forget about the yeah. three-way with, uh, I think, uh, Hillary got in there at some point, too. And uh, Yeah, probably. Yeah. And uh, Obama? I oh. just... You can't, you can't say these things afterward and then 
expect anyone to take you seriously. How can yeah. you? And again, the people who keep coming out and doing these things now that he's gotten enough criticism for it are just there as patsies for Vince McMahon. Yeah. 100%. I think I read you the comment that, that, that I, I agreed with, and I forget exactly where it came from, but it was somebody saying that 100% the reason this stuff is happening is so that when someone asks in the court of public opinion, as all this stuff comes out about Vince McMahon, you know, well, what kind of company is run by a monster like this? They can point at that clip and go, well, it's, it's a great company. Look at them. They're saying we're all here together and in this together. No, WWE is pulling some really um, toxic bullshit with you the way that a, that a, a bad workplace would. A yeah. bad workplace would look at you and go, we're not co-workers. We're a family. Right. So That's don't. what they want you to believe. Yeah. yeah. But don't talk yeah. about your pay with each other. But Fam- don't talk fa- about your pay family with each doesn't other. Do don't that. ask questions. Do yeah. everything we ask you to do. Oh, and if you even think of stepping out of line, we'll cut you off from the family immediately. So that's what the WWE universe <clears throat> is. When them. when Linda McMahon ran for I forget what it was, governor of, of bitchdom. I don't I don't know. Um, <laughs> governess. I'm sorry. When she yeah. when she Get ran. And she wasted all of Vince McMahon, so much of Vince McMahon's money on a failed campaign twice, if I remember correctly. The critics came out, and what they did was they pointed out uh, all the things that they had done in WWE. They showed the clip of Trish Stratus in her underwear barking like a dog. They showed McMahon making out with all the women. And what I realized in all of this is that within the WWE bubble, no one will ever criticize Vince McMahon or hold him accountable for the things that he does. But outside of that bubble... The, the entertainment industry, the politicians and everybody looked down on them. And even the voting public looked down on them so much because okay. Linda lost both of those elections and wasted a ton oh, of money. Yeah. But to everybody else, they're looking in at the WWE and Vince McMahon going, what a scumbag. But all of the fans that are WWE fans, they don't either they don't know or they don't care. McMahon gets cheered as loud as you'll ever hear someone get cheered every time he goes to arena, despite the fact that oh, yeah. he did these awful things to women. So, like, at this point, I just want to throw my hands up and say, who gives a fuck, I guess? I mean, there's no responsibility and no repercussions for anybody anymore. President can grab him by the pussy. Vince McMahon can pay money for, you know, sex and then and degrade someone and demote them. And I guess, who gives a shit, you know? The thing that, that maybe makes me the saddest is, back, back before any of this came to light, I think we all kind of had our, our suspicions that probably some shit had happened, but nobody was really talking about it because how could we we don't work there we don't know any anybody who's directly involved in any of that but back in the you know in the in the time frame before vince mcmahon was now taken to public opinion court and literal court of these things we would occasionally talk about like what what is it going to take what's it going to take for him to stop running this company what is it going to be and occasionally it was put out there oh you know if some big scandal ever started and he had to or or this or that, but it always came down to when he dies. Yep, it's it's going to be that's when he, he's going to run this company yep. until he's in the freaking casket, being yep. lowered into the ground. That's when it's going to be. That's also when all of this stuff is going to stop. That's what makes me sad. Is at this point, like you said, there is no stopping Vince McMahon from literally doing pretty much anything that he wants. Yeah, because I think over a long career he has learned not to dip his toes into stuff that he can't probably do anymore you know we've we our our friend group when i say we i'm talking about like me and you and asa and 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 i named the three of us specifically um because i think the three of us are also the ones who are very quick to point out that one way in which we're all very similar is we don't like doing things that we don't think we're going to immediately be good at yes like we we need to have some immediate level of value want a challenge i can beat i can beat exactly right it's the classic lisa simpson um 
Vince over the years has tried a few things that did not work. And almost every time, because it's such a big public kind of failure, he gets this big criticism for it. I'm thinking the XFL. World right? Bodybuilding Federation. World Bodybuilding didn't work out for him. Um, you know, anytime that, that he's directly involved in these big failures, be it WWE related, uh, uh, the handling of the of the Benoit death. You know, they're putting on a tribute show as they're finding out, oh no, he actually murdered his wife and kid too. Yeah. Um, it's that kind of stuff that I think has has allowed him to because because Vince is not an idiot, right? No. I mean, we we can criticize his decisions all we want, yeah. but he's not a stupid person. Right? He's very good about learning from his mistakes, but not learning from them and growing and becoming a better person. Just learning what like how far he can put his toe over the line, not to it's make like that mistake again. Like how yeah. far? Yeah, how far can I go before you yell at me? Yeah. Okay, now I can't do that again. There's clearly Let me go over here and try to knock this thing off the shelf instead. There's clearly no moral or conscious involved, and that's what frustrates yeah. me the most no. about it. It's not like he did something awful and came out and said, "I apologize for the awful things that I did," and tried to become a better person and then move on. No, he is actively thumbing his nose at the critics at the people he harassed at the people he's hurt and the wwe fans i saw someone post a a video of homelander and uh it's like uh vince mcmahon after the fans cheered for him even after the you know wall street journal article that's homelander landing he's like like grinning yeah because they're they're still cheering at him yeah it's ridiculous you Uh, should see the scene that goes with that wrestling i'll tell you later wrestling fans on both sides because i criticize AEW fans for being fucking you know smart marks too and being in love with anything tony khan puts out but like the one thing i'll say is as far as i can tell tony khan i think he might not be the smartest person in the world but he certainly at least as of right now hasn't uh sexually harassed or you know sexually assaulted women and then paid them off so the the big difference that that we can that we can sort of talk about just based on observations of those two people is that Tony Khan is the kind of guy who understands the concept of empathy. He understands that apologizing is not a sign of weakness. He understands that learning and changing from mistakes that he's made is how you grow and get better as a person, not admitting fault, making you weak or stupid or anything like that. Um, it seems like he's the kind of guy who who lives and thrives in an environment of. Um, nurturing i guess for lack of a better term like we're all sort of like hey let's all become better people and do better things and you know criticize constructively whereas you know vince mcmahon very much comes across as a i'm not gonna apologize that makes me look stupid i don't want to look stupid i I can not stupid you're stupid in fact one time one time Vince McMahon apologized the only time I can remember and it's what you said earlier it was when they found out that Benoit killed his family the next night he came out and apologized and said you'll never hear his name spoken again and he stuck to that to be fair and you know why because he had to because they were going to fucking crucify him and the only time he ever gets apologetic is when he's in trouble he's he's not in trouble now like this this stupid board of directors that takes this so seriously and they let him come in and run the show anyway is going to find that nothing went wrong they're going to have a January 6th committee on it Liz Cheney's going to present all the evidence against it and then no one's going to care it's I, I I love America but sometimes I really hate America it's ugh, let's talk the, about something else br- <laughs> real quick as we leave it me uh bringing up the thing about like what's it going to take for him to stop doing it I'm trying real hard to not talk about that any more than I want to but boy um someday like I yeah. just you know <laughs> there's, there's <laughs> I'm going to say things that are going to get me in trouble that's why I'm just like <laughs> 
very few coming. very few people have uh, I ever been uh, excited about the prospect of them dying. Uh, there Os- is. All right, Osama, say it, not me. <laughs> Osama bin Laden was one of them. Uh, Fred Phelps from mm-hmm. the Westboro Baptist Church was definitely one of them. And uh, I never would have put Vince McMahon on that list Rush until Limbaugh. a couple. Rush Limbaugh was definitely one of them. And I, uh, not sad at all. Former presidents who may be alive now that I won't name because they are still alive. <laughs> but when they die, oh, you better believe I'll be doing a show. <laughs> Trump that bitch, and the title will be "Ding Dong: The Witch Is Dead." <laughs> Uh, let's let's move on. Let's go to something else. Let's right. go to something else. Uh, you mentioned earlier that the WWE SummerSlam is rated uh, TV fourteen. Well, update: it's been changed back to PG now. Ooh, yeah. So this is kind of an ongoing thing. Evidently, sometime I think it was last week, uh, the rumor mill started spinning that WWE was, I think at the time it was considering a return to TV fourteen. Um, in the in the rating system, you know they've been TV PG since two thousand four. I think it was like early two thousands. Um, and at the time, it was fairly unsubstantiated. Somebody had just said, "Hey, uh, there's there's stuff being thrown around. There's whispers that this might be a thing they're going to do." And of course, that immediately then blew up on the internet as gospel, and it's going to happen. And we're we're going forward, and the attitude there is back. And on the very first show, Brock Lesnar going to drop an f bomb, and it's just like it just spiraled out of control. To the point that, yeah, just before we went on a little bit ago, uh, there was a mention made somewhere that that SummerSlam was being shown as rated TV 14. And then, like you said, now now it's switched back. This is why the, the whole thing to the story is, is twofold. Number one, none of this is confirmed. So there's not a lot really to talk about outside of it might happen. We've been saying for years they'll never do it again. And now maybe it will. I don't know. Um, this seems like the, the closest we've gotten to a... a potential reversal on that policy since it started. Um, but the other thing is, and we don't have to spend a lot of time on this, but let, let's just let's just lay out the argument like we always do for this kind of thing. What do you think, what do you really think is going to happen if they go back to TV 14? Those of you who are, and I'm not, not you, I'm, I mean, not you, Shannon, but like Hello. people who are clamoring for, for this thing, like... What do you think you're going to get? Because is it the Attitude Era? Because that ain't going to happen. I don't want the Attitude Era. No. I mean, I, first of all, I yeah, want... the reasonable people among us don't want that. Right. I, I want it for some, but... uh, like, giving people a storyline and, and all of that. I'm for that. And I, I like a little bit of edge, as long as, you know, and also sure. edge, as long as it makes sense. But, sure. you know, Attitude Era, for every... <sighs> For every Rock Austin storyline, there was also giving birth to hands, choppy choppy your pee pee, of uh, porn <laughs> stars, uh, objectifying women, misogyny, racism. Yeah. Like I don't want to go back to that, man. None of that is going to come back and fly anyway. They they would, they, you said they would crucify Vince McMahon. They would have the whole company up on a pike if they tried any of that stuff nowadays. There's no freaking way. So my guess is realistically. If they go back to TV 14, here are the, 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 these are the most realistic things you might see happen. Number one, they'll get a little more lax on the language. Yes. Guys like Lesnar uh, and, and several others. Brie Bella is going to be back more, calling people bitch every week. Yeah, they're a little more likely to do that kind of thing. So they'll be able to get away with that without having to pay their little extra fines to the censors. Um, blood. Will will you get blood more? What you might get is less awkward interference. Mm-hmm. Admittedly, the whole PG era interference of, okay, we got to stop and clean this guy up in the middle of a match, that's a little much unless he's like full-blown gigged, bleeding out, like 
like uh, Randy Orton, JBL chair shot or, or Orton. Yeah. If it's like real bad, okay, get in there and fix the damn thing. That's just a health issue. Um, yeah, I never really liked the whole like referee stoppage. Samoa Joe, you know, he got that one in NXT and they had to stop the whole thing to clean him up. But what you're not going to get are unprotected chair shots, <laughs> crazy weapon matches. You're probably not even going to get intentional bleeding outside of a few, you know, rare cases. I, I just think, don't do that anymore. I, I think when people say t- they want the TV 14 to come back, I think a majority of them, what they mean is they want to see, uh, you know, Sasha Banks in a thong. They want to see pillow fights. They want to see. That's not going to happen either. And it, and it shouldn't, man. That's the third one. That's what I was coming to. Yeah. Was that, that's the third thing. So that when you talk attitude, you talk about, um, like you said, the, the, the language, the visuals, the blood, and then that stuff, like pretty much everything they did with the women's division. That stuff's not going back that way. It's not going to happen. The women there would not have it today. Um, the, again, the court of public opinion would not have it. Your audience will not have it at large. They they have. So a, what do you think you're getting? They have <laughs> like, a good thing. Like when it comes to the, the sexy women and all that. Like I think you again, you can look at Toxic Attraction and NXT and see how it's done pretty well. I mean, it's still it's still written by men given to women, so it's it's sketchy no matter what. But like they're they're gorgeous women who dress you know maybe a little bit more uh, scantily clad than the other girls, the, but they're the also taken seriously. They're yeah. Yes, they're technical like professional wrestlers who like you said are taken seriously there are actual championships and storylines for their division and not just okay we got to devote five minutes to this every week do we still have women getting three to five minute matches every week yeah but kind of everybody's getting that so at least we're equal on that playing field i guess and we don't have broad Um, panty matches and no no uh, we're we're equally getting you know women uh in the main event on a more regular basis on raw on smackdown on nxt um <clears throat> so if you're thinking you're going to go back to that that's the one you're least likely to get i would think you'd be more likely to see blade jobs come back than you would all of that stuff uh so but, but yeah the whole tv 14 thing i think is is should I, I don't get it i don't get what you could possibly be getting out of it should we start the hashtag now hashtag blade jobs over boob jobs you can do it. I'll, I will. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll message Dalton, see if he'll get that started. He can take the credit for going. it. Yeah. Yeah. Watch that be the thing that I'm launches them into the anyway, fucking stratosphere. So. <laughs> and then you can take credit for it. You've got it on tape right here. No, I'll delete this as soon as we're done, because I don't want anyone to know. Um, <laughs> all right, so moving on from that, uh, yeah. I, the thing that I, yeah, again, nothing's confirmed. We don't even know that that's going to happen. It's just a rumor. Yeah, they changed it back to TVPG. We'll see what happens. Uh, a couple quick things, then uh, we'll get the fuck out of here. Uh, we talked yep. about uh, Axiom earlier. I wanted to mention this. He debuted this week, former A-Kid, and you, you mentioned this. I had a whole different thing from him that I saw. Okay. My thing was visually. Apparently, there is a wrestler named Razorwing who says that Axiom copied his look. I'm putting this in the group chat for babies real quick. Um, okay. The the link to the PW yeah, uh, the Mania. I haven't seen this. Scroll down this a little bit, and Razorwing tweeted, Mom, can we get some Razorwing? We have Razorwing at home. And admittedly, <laughs> it's pretty close, man. Like, I don't think they ripped them off, but it's shockingly close even the hand pose that he's doing it's pretty close so waiting on the the imagery to load here oh whoa yeah. that's not just shockingly close it is uh damn near straight rip off especially with the, even even the color scheme yeah black and like, gold like it's not just yeah. the yeah the black and gold but it's it's the the outfit it's the mask the pose um 
Like you said, yeah, the pose doing the crossed arms with the the fingers, yeah. What it looks like, great. It looks like Razor Wing is the Indies version, and then the right Axiom Axiom is when he went to <laughs> WWE and they gave him an upgrade on his costume. It looks like the same right. guy. Yeah, yeah that's an alternate outfit. He, he got uh, he got a, a better um, seamstress to, yes. to do the work for his stuff. Yeah, but that's not even the thing you mentioned. I had heard about this, but I forgot about it. Something that Diana yeah. Parazzo said. So it was originally it was actually Chelsea Green who brought it up, but Deanna Parazzo confirmed it because it's about her. Um, Axiom's whole thing, the 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 vignettes they've been using up to his debut are all about like they're very math oriented, and it's all about like calculations and formulas, leading to the idea that he's very um, or they or whatever, however they're they're building this character, that this Axiom character is very much built around uh, work smarter, not harder. I'm gonna beat you by way of technicalities and calculations and, and flipping like being, yeah, <laughs> that's what it is. <laughs> but, but being the better, like technical, you know, I'm not just going to beat you into submission. I'm going to outthink you in the ring. Um, Chelsea green then tweets earlier today and tags Deanna Parazzo and says, isn't this like literally what you pitched for your character in NXT and Deanna's, I forget her exact response, but it was something to the effect of, yeah, you know, pretty much. Um, this is this is what I was going for. So people were talking about how the virtuosa character uh, was very much meant to be that. That again, she is this incredibly intelligent uh, wrestler who will use her her brains and not her brawn to to beat you first, but is also capable of the latter. Um, that in and of itself, I guess, is is not really. I mean, that's hard to trademark as a character because there are a lot of people you could say are smarter in the ring than they are you know more technical chris jericho had that that kind of uh label applied to him oh i'll talk about him in a second too oh boy all right go ahead oh go ahead. boy but but yeah so you and i were talking about before because i could not think of it there's an old i had thought it was wwf it was wcw um yeah, faction yes. with marlena yes. in charge called york foundation york foundation it's, and it's, she it's, would she would bring her laptop to yeah. the ringside and it's just alexandra york excuse me don't 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 stay claiming yeah. this terry runnels did it 20 years ago, 20 plus years ago. She's, it's just Alexandra <laughs> yeah. York. Yeah, and she'd be running calculations on how to win the match, and then she'd go up and, like, you know, whisper something to them, and then their team would win. And yeah. It's, it's well, very they silly. didn't usually win, but that was the idea, well, <laughs> was that they would win. Presumably they won Presumably somewhere so. and that's the way that it went. Yeah. Um, it's, it's bad. All right, yeah, so one of the best... Know, you talk about original ideas because there's no original ideas in wrestling. Uh, you know, so for her to say, "Oh, this was my idea," you ripped me off. I don't believe that. I think it's just a coincidence, um, whatever. But an original, a legitimate original idea, and I'm going to give full credit here to Dalton again, Dalton Anthony. It's something he told me a long time ago, and maybe he ripped it off from somebody. I don't know. You would appreciate this. Uh, we, we before we were wrestling, I think he had started wrestling in Stride, and I wasn't doing anything yet. Maybe maybe I was doing ring announcing. I don't know, but. Yeah. He, he talked about me managing him in stride, I believe, Dalton. I'm sorry if I'm getting some of the details wrong. And we were going to do a Dungeons and Dragons gimmick where I would roll dice and then that I would yell that move out to Dalton and then he would do he it. He would do a thing. Yeah. yeah. That's I had, that's uh, great. You know, you gotta you're gonna love this um, because it bleeds right into what we're talking about. You and I both did a lot of e fetting back in the like late '90s, early 2000s. Oh yeah, most uh, I think our last one, the last one I was in, led all the way up until like almost the end of the the early 2000s. I had a because you know you run through multiple characters. I had um, a character who was D and D oriented, and Rob Miller, I hope is listening because he'll be able to tell me the guy's name. He had this really like intentionally kind of dorky name. Um, K 
came to the ring in a cape. I described him as like super thin and everything. And all his moves were, were centered around like, you know, the, the critical hits and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Um, uh, oh, the, he, he had a, he, he was a wizard. So he had a magic missile. He was a missile drop kick thing, you know? Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I've loved the idea of having that as a, as a, a deal for a long time. He eventually got mentored by a much cooler guy who like tried to make him cool and it didn't work very well. And they kind of rubbed off on each other. It was a neat thing. But in the meantime, as we were talking about that, I looked it up because I wanted to see exactly what it was that they'd said. So I don't know who Denise Salcedo is. I guess she's a pro wrestler, too, it looks like. Um, but she was the one who had tweeted initially, the Axiom entrance is pretty cool. He's a mathematical superhero with a couple of pictures of him from NXT. Chelsea Green responded to that and said, I'm dead. This is everything at Deanna Parazzo pitched. And Deanna then responded and said, well, it only took him four years to understand. Now, in the wake of all of that, Lance Storm comes along and mentions intellectual property, unfortunately, means they own every idea you have while under contract, and Chelsea Green then confirms that. So what that means is there is what they're like the furthering of just, oh, I had this idea and now they're doing it is like, you actually kind of stole that from me, and yet legally you're welcome to do it. Because if I pitched it to you and you said no, you can then take it years later and go, hmm, hmm. what if we give it to a dude? That would work. So isn't that pretty much what happened with Tim Burton and Disney? Yes. And, and I wish I could remember exactly what for. It was it, Nightmare it, Before Christmas. I think it was Nightmare Before Christmas because Burton came up with the idea, but it was technically a Disney film. So everyone mm. always credits Tim Burton You're for right. Nightmare yes. Before Christmas. But, like, no, it was just his idea, and they pretty much took it. Yeah. Uh, I'll have to ask Lindsay. Well, you know eventually... What? I'm pretty sure he fought to get his name on it, and that's how they did it. Because he he didn't direct it; it was his storyline and his storyboard. Yeah, I know it was because I remember reading about this. He wrote everything out, had it all set up, wanted to do it, but then he and Disney had a lot of friction. They weren't getting along very well in the way they wanted the movie made, so he left. He bounced, and yeah. they decided they were going to keep making it. Well, he hit him back legally with, "Okay, you can, but you have to credit me for it. You have to give me some level of credit for it." Um, and I think he won a lawsuit over that, if I remember correctly. So yeah, it was basically the same situation. Stay tuned to tomorrow's episode of After Dark, where we ask Lindsay live on the air, "Hey, what happened with Tim Burton <laughs> and Nightmare Before Christmas?" She will answer and know everything about us. it. Speaking of Jericho, really quick before we get to the final thing, because uh, that's all I got. Unless you got something else, not really. All right, good. So, <laughs> Elder Scrolls time. All right, <laughs> Jericho. This is my segue into it. Jericho, the he put out a, a he did a thing. He basically trashed China and said she was awful and hard to work with. And said, I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not uh, being mean or being rude to the dead, but she was the worst worker ever and I hated her. That's not what I want to talk about, though. Jer I, at this point, I think Jericho's so, kind of a piece of garbage. Oh, yeah, go ahead. He is, and real quick, I just <clears throat> want to confirm for this. I don't know about that last part because I went and read, I, I dug into that story thing and what was going on here. All of that stuff that he said, and I'm not, I'm not defending him, I'm just clarifying. It was in the was uh, said in his book, book yeah. before she died. That's true. So well, he, Hunter, don't he you... criticized her a lot, but he did it while she was alive. So when he responded to it, he basically <laughs> said, Hey, you know, whatever about this respect for the dead thing, I didn't say any of this after she passed. Do I did I mean all of it? Yes. And I mean if you if you don't like me for that, it is what it is. But Hunter. But I didn't say it because she's dead. But Hunter, don't you know that when someone passes or something bad happens to them, all the things that they're they now did, the best thing ever. Look at Bruce Willis. Kevin Smith went back on what he said about him during the movie Cop Out and was like, Oh, I'm sorry if I had known if I had known that twenty years later you would get a bad disease, I, I wouldn't have said these awful things about your attitude during the movie. No, it doesn't change what they were during 
during that time period, no. I saw there was a, a meme from Futurama where Leela says, you know, don't speak ill of the dead. And then Fry says, well, don't be a shitty person when you're alive. Like, I know that's clearly not from Futurama, <laughs> but it's a good point. Like, just because someone dies, right. it, it does not all of a sudden, you know, uh, cleanse them, of, them of, of, yeah, all the, of the things that oh they man, did. Oh, man, when Michael Jackson died, dude, I was in radio on the air. In fact, mm. I, would, I think I was still working in news when Michael Jackson died. And I remember, like, people just losing their minds. And I get it. I mean, you know, technically he was exonerated of all this stuff. And there were a lot of people who just loved him for what he was. But I, I do also <laughs> remember an awful lot of just, like, you know, God, he was the greatest person ever, and we've lost such a treasured hero. And I was like, "Oh, have we?" Yeah, you know, <laughs> flawed, flawed uh, genius. But like, that's the best way to describe yeah. it. Was that very flawed smart, genius. very yeah. good at what he did, but also real bad upbringing, and maybe carried some of that with him into some other stuff. I mean, the dude legitimately show, but still, <laughs> well, the dude legitimately, you know laid in bed with children he said it was innocent and some of them did too but like yeah. just laying in bed with children is a fucking red flag and you can mm. definitely put a lot of that on the fact that he was so rich and so popular at a young age and has had terrible parents and all that stuff so yeah that's not this yes. show anyway what i wanted to mention about chris jericho is jericho made the mistake of and this is one of my favorite stories in wrestling of the week jericho made the mistake of having jesse the fucking body ventura on oh, his yeah. show where 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 Jesse Ventura to his I don't know if it was to his face I don't think they recorded it across each other I'm actually not sure but all I know is that Jesse Ventura said directly to him started talking about January 6th and how he wanted an apology from Republicans for them taking you know them uh, basically saying it was okay for them to take a rebel flag into the Capitol building because he was sworn as a Marine to protect the United States and you know all that and Jericho's just the whole time is going yeah yeah I know yeah. And then, and then Jesse Ventura talks about the guy holding the flag and said, you know, if he had worked, if I had worked uh, security, he that guy might not be alive. And he asked Jericho, you to get my meaning? And Jericho goes, yeah, yeah, I do. And then it goes into a fucking ad for like Omaha Steaks or something. Omaha Steaks. And the funniest part of that, the of word course, VPN. is because Jericho's fucking wife was at the January 6th. Uh, yeah. insurrection so for Jericho to have to sit there knowing that Jesse Ventura would probably beat the shit out of him even at like 60 plus <laughs> that is fucking fantastic I love that I'm, I'm still not going to be able to do it right but I I can't do it as well as he does when we were talking about this and it has only tangentially related it's only to it but <laughs> fucking killer cross doing his impression yes. of jesse ventura every time we talk about this because i feel like we have to put his voice in there all i can hear is killer cross sitting there going come on don't tell me you don't have 20 more reps in you chris come on let's go <laughs> <laughs> i had to pull the link i'm throwing it in the text now because it's um, driving me nuts but yeah that audio of him just you know i don't know if that guy would be here right now chris if i had been there <laughs> If you get my meaning, and he's yeah. just, Chris is going, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Omaha steaks, <laughs> the number one steak. <laughs> we'll be right back. It's the Eric it's Andre. Andre. <laughs> I want it matched up with Eric Andre with the "We'll be right back." <laughs> oh, so that's there's the hey Asa and Dalton for your show tomorrow. That's my pick for the thing I love about wrestling this week is Jesse Ventura <laughs> shitting on Chris Jericho. Jesse Ventura actually threatening murder against someone <laughs> who was there, and Chris Jericho just being like, "Yeah, oh god, we're never gonna get this through legal." Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Please don't, please don't kill yeah. me, Mister Ventura. Please don't kill me. Please. I, I just like to think that in Jericho's mind, he was thinking like, oh shit, does he know my wife was there? Why is he looking at me like that? <laughs> he starts sweating like Jordan Peele. You know, he's just. 
Oh, all right. Great. All right. Finally, that last thing. Phenomenal. Last thing. Last thing. We'll get out of here. I, uh, we got to mention it. So they revealed the 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 card is stacked. It's a fantastic card. But they revealed Ric Flair's final match, and here's what it is, kids. In case oh, you missed yeah. it. Oh yeah, man. I'm glad you mentioned this. Ric Flair and Ev. You say his name because I always mess it up. Andrade Elidolo. Thank you, because I was just gonna say, <laughs> uh, what was his WWE name? I don't even remember anymore. Was it just Andrade? Andrade Cien Almas, because the Cien Cien means a hundred. And so he had like the hundred things on, yeah, but yeah, but that's, my gimmick. And that's my. Then gimmick. when he got pulled up to to uh, Raw, of course he just became Andrade, which is still it's still fine. Andrade is a cool. It's man. fine. But point is, it's fine. He's teaming up with his father-in-law Ric Flair because they did get married. Him and Charlotte Flair. Congratulations. Yes. Um, they're teaming up against uh, Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. Jay Lethal. So yeah. on paper, this is a shit show. Uh, Asa, right. uh, earlier we were, we were doing yes. CCW Live, and Asa said, I don't want to see Ric Flair die. And I thought, I do. <laughs> that's, that's it. That's the best thing that could happen yeah. here. Uh, I mean, you know, don't get me wrong. I criticized a lot when this came out of like, oh, man, here they have. Because I think it's sold out at this point, if yeah. I remember correctly. It's a good or card. If it's not, it's closed. Yeah. But they have sold, you know, they sold all these tickets. Ric Flair's last match ever. And they kind of sold it. This is what I didn't like. There was a lot of mention of, like, who's his opponent going to be? Oh, we don't know. We don't know who it's going to be. Buy tickets now, and then you'll find out later. And then you find out it's two people because it's a tag match. It's fucking because Jeff Because Ric Flair's Jarrett. last match. Yeah, is Ric Flair's last match is not just Ric Flair wrestling, which, again, we all were like, he's going to die in the ring. This is a terrible idea. So on the one hand, yes, I criticized a lot about that because I think it was kind of a scummy business move. I feel like you've that's been classic pro wrestling, that you're baby. not exactly getting. But I mean, yeah, that's the Ric Flair thing. If yeah. you bought tickets for Ric Flair's last match, you also just got Ric Flair's last scam. So congratulations <laughs> on that. But the other thing that, that like, while that bothers me, on the other hand, this is going to be a, an exponentially better match now. Oh, let's yeah. get real. Flair's not going to wrestle most of that match. He's going to probably play face and peril for a while and Flair take some flop. moves that he can take. He's going to do the flop. He's going to get thrown off the top. He may and style and profile. Exactly. And then he's also going to get the hot tag at some point. He's going to run all the moves. He's going to do the eye poke. He's going to hit the low blow behind the back. He's going to put on the figure four. He's going to win with the figure four, likely over Jared. I mean, just it's going to be a better match than it would have been before. But it, it there was this was an no win situation for me because otherwise I would have criticized it for this is a bad idea for him wrestling on his own. And now it's like, yeah, but. You sold all the tickets, and then you went. Oh, actually, there's three people in the match, and Flair's only about a quarter of it. I, I also fun. I don't know how I feel about just how promote how much promotion and love this is getting, considering all the revelations that came out about Ric Flair after that Dark Side of the Ring Plane Ride from Hell episode. Yes. That seems to have been forgotten at this point. I mean, AEW dropped yeah. him like a brick. WWE took him out of the opening crawl. Uh, they put him back in. I don't know if you know that the Woo is back in now, which apparently Flair personally went and thanked Vince McMahon in person for it. Um, sure. Because of course Vince McMahon would probably s- while both of them were writing checks to people to who- just non-disclosure agreements to everybody. Uh, I, I was watching the newest Wrestling with Regret, and uh, Brian Zane was promoting it, and I thought, well, I mean, Brian Zane's pretty good about holding people accountable for being scumbags, and now he's promoting it because he's at Starcast, he's going to be there. Jordan Grace is on the card, and Jordan Grace is another one that's really outspoken about scummy people, especially when it comes to like sexual harassment and stuff. So for her to be on this show with Ric Flair, I don't know, man, just I don't like the forgiveness or at least the 
ignoring what Flair did. And, but at the same time, I also think, like, I, I'm one of those people that says, you know, someone can do something terrible and then make up for it. I mean, we have to give people a chance to change and become better people. But again, this is one of those situations where Flair didn't go, yeah, I fucked up and I'm sorry. It was, I never did it. I'm woo. And then he Flair flopped on his fucking lawsuit and all that. So, <laughs> yeah, that's the thing is that you, you've got, uh, and, and don't get me wrong, I get it. When we don't take something to its logical conclusion in our society of court of law, then it's one person's word against the other. And it still is, is there too, but especially outside of that, you can only take one or the other. Um, but you have multiple people saying this happened and only Ric Flair saying it didn't. Why are we believing him more than than anything else? And again, at what point do we like like you said he didn't really apologize? No. He didn't really do anything to make up for it it's, other it's, than just saying I'm done. This is I'm done. But he's not done. I'm going to wrestle one more time. I'm going to sell a shit ton of tickets. Yeah. I'm going to retire for the 16th time Woo! and then I'm going to come back and do it again at some point. Look the Terry ah, the old Terry Funk plan of action. I was going to say if you really <laughs> think this is Ric Flair's at the very least it's not Ric Flair's last time in a wrestling arena, okay? No. It might might be the last time he officially wrestles a match but if you remember he had one of the greatest retirements of all time against Shawn michaels yeah. at wrestlemania going out with a huge emotional probably one of the most emotional moments of yeah. wrestlemania and then he went to tna in general of all time and then he fucked off the tna yeah. and, and screwed it all up yep it just yeah ugh. and I, I i really think it won't be long before he goes back to wwe and he's managing charlotte or something yeah. like that because uh, yeah. AEW won't touch him again. Tony Khan, whether it's because he li- really does have a moral compass or he just knows better of, oh, I'm not going to touch that because it's bad. Um, I don't think they're going to touch Ric Flair. But Vince McMahon will welcome no. Flair back with open arms because they'll just he go out there and much about- helicopter dick their way to the arena. <laughs> Tony said as much about Hulk Hogan back in the day. You know, oh, AEW will never bring Hulk Hogan in. And at the time, we all kind of laughed and went, well, you're never going to get Hulk Hogan anyway. So what difference would it make? But Nowadays, over time, it's kind of become a legitimacy thing of, okay, well, stick to your guns then, man. Man, um, you talk about a guy like I have always talked about how much I love Hulk Hogan. It's something Chris Slammer and I have in common. The difference between me and Slammer is that Slammer continues to believe in the prayers and the vitamins. And a couple years ago, you know, I was I was wanted to be forgiving of the whole racist thing because people can change. Everyone says stupid things, et cetera, et cetera. But Hogan no. over the years has just proven himself time and time again to be such a dirtbag and such a scummy person who only cares about himself. And it's I, I hate it. Uh, you know, yeah, I hate it. Anyway, that's it. That's the show. We're out. I was going to say, we go any further, it's just going to get worse. We're just going to sit here and <laughs> lament the entire time. So we're going to cut it off there. Tomorrow, all new of After Dark here on PZ85. Lindsay's going to give us a full a full rundown of what happened between Tim Burton and Disney. That's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> we got an all new Top 5 Hunter. Last night was the first episode of the Curse of Strahd campaign. Yes. Sound quality be damned. Time. It was a lot of fun. It's the first. Okay, so PZ85 Plays has now been going for just over two years. This is the first time we have played a live game that we actually streamed and recorded. In that time, we've only played one other live game. Uh, it was only tangentially related to some other stuff we did, and we did it completely off the, the books and off the record. Um, this this is the one, and it was the very first episode of Curse of Strahd. So yep. uh, if you're interested in our new big campaign with Cody Sandusky running as, as the DM, uh, me and Shannon and Lindsay and Kaz, um, and Tanner and uh, and Tanner. I was I never knew I was forgetting the name, and for some reason I couldn't <laughs> remember. Um, yeah, make sure you go back and check that out again. Shannon mentioned earlier I dropped a new episode of the Inquest on Monday. There are now two full ones of those. Um, both together would not even take up just over an hour of your time. So please go check them out. Let me know what you think. If you have ideas for future installments, uh, I've, I've told the guys that have been helping me getting this all this together. I don't want everything to be about good series with bad endings. That's not the goal. <laughs> That's <laughs> I not keep, what the show's I keep about. Doing yeah. this. Game of Thrones, Mass Effect, back to back. It's been the same thing. Well, so um, coincidentally. 
tomorrow's PZ85 top five list is good series that had bad yeah. endings and how would you have changed it? So hey, more or less, yeah. yeah that was, that was the thing I pitched yeah. last week is, is, you know, one thing that it's a series that you love, but it's got one big flaw and you have a suggestion on how to fix it. Right. That's, that's the idea. Um, also when it comes to the inquest before we leave totally, I, I definitely am planning on working on the Halloween episode. Next. Yes. Because on average, it's taken me about two to three months to get these done, and my world's about to get real busy again, too. So yeah. I just don't want to miss a Halloween deadline. So if you have an idea for something that you want to hear me talk about, a uh, franchise or whatever, I mean, Ghostbusters is the obvious one, and it's what I'm considering, but I'm open to suggestions. Well, we also have a big, uh, speaking of scary things, I got two, uh, two two names to drop on you real quick, and that's all I'm going to say for now. Alien yeah. versus The Thing. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. We're going to get out of here. And out of nowhere. Just came out of nowhere. Started from a meme. Thanks, Shudder. All right. That's it for us tonight. (laughs) Tomorrow, after dark. We'll see you guys then. And for myself and for Hunter, thanks for tuning in. Double H, take us out. Five Finger Death Punch. Music for the Force Cops. Son of a bitch. Later.